0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Caleb Clowder and Reeb Wilms. We recorded this a few weeks ago in my home in Portland, Oregon. Get Up in the Cool is brought to you in part by Earful of Fiddle this week. Earful of Fiddle is offering an in-person music and dance camp at beautiful Camp Brethren Heights in Central Michigan on June 19th through the 23rd, 2022. During its 14th year, Earful of Fiddle will provide instruction in percussive dance, fiddle, guitar, banjo, cello, and uke, along with evening concerts, jams, and dances. Instructors include Jake Blunt, Laurel Primo, Rachel Reeds, Lindsay McCaw, Cameron DeWitt, Ruby John, Bruce Bowman, Nick Garris, Tyler Schwartz, and more. To register, visit EarfulofFiddle.com. Get Up In The Cool gets the occasional awesome sponsor like Earful of Fiddle, but I'm able to keep it going every week because it's listener funded. Shout out to Michael McDonald, Get Up In The Cool's newest supporter on Patreon. Thanks so much, Michael. Anyone else who wants to help fund this podcast can sign up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Link in the show notes. One more thing before we get started. My old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, is going on a Pacific Northwest album release tour starting tonight. Check tallpoppystringband.com shows for details and links. See you on the road. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Caleb Clowder and Reeb Wilms. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Clouder and Reeb Wilms. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yeah, thanks so thanks much for, thanks for having us. Yeah. I wanted you to have you all on this show for a really long time. Hadn't gotten around to asking you or being in the same area at the same time and uh, basically ever since I moved back to Portland and or st- started going to the old time gathering in like 2017 or, or something and figuring out the the old time Portland scene like Lore and hearing uh-huh. about how big of a deal Foghorn String Band was for like rallying this community it yeah it's just it means a lot to have you here
1: <laughs> thanks for having yeah. us <laughs> thanks to be here. Yeah. glad to yeah. be here honor what, uh, is, what is that tune? Uh, it's a tune I wrote called Stagecoach Rush cool and um, I don't know it's just one of those like just you know you're fooling around with the mandolin and working yeah. on stuff trying to make up or I don't know practicing things it just came out one day it's got lots of pieces of other tunes I that I like and some of that Bill Monroe mandolin playing that I like to play, which is, you know, the old time side of Bill Monroe's playing that's real kind of modal and, and kind of edgy and groovy. I don't know. Sometimes I'll play it a lot faster. I think of like, you know, like, yeah, a stagecoach like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you want yeah. yeah, to play it all like, up uh... and quick
2: going across the prairie
1: casually yeah speed <laughs> that was after a <laughs> rainstorm and everyone was kind of cool and like you we know, mm-hmm. were getting up in the, you know getting up in the cool air <laughs> we got to play amazing nice so yeah stagecoach rush and it was named by this sweet young lady maybe 12 years old I don't know her name but mm-hmm. Sammy who was also in fog String Band, and I had a gig a weekly gig um, in town for a long time and we would go out and play at this kind of kind of park setting. And this, we noticed this young gal and her dad were always there. And I played that tune one day, and I was like, I don't have a name for it, but here's a tune. And the next week, we played it again. And right after we were done, this young gal and her dad came walking straight up across the grass. No one, no one was sitting that close to us. And they walked up straight across, and she kind of had her hand up, and I tell she was coming to say something. Like, what's, go, what's going on, you know? And she goes, I have a name for your tune. Oh. And I was like, Oh, you do really? What, what what's the name? She goes. Stagecoach Rush. Yeah.
0: Like, duh. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Of course that's good. So, there you go. I I don't know her name, but someday I guess I'll meet her again. Maybe she'll hear the interview
3: and
2: she'll (sighs) message you.
1: Yeah. Reach out. Right? Young lady. (laughs) That would be great.
0: (laughs) So, I'd be interested to hear you, Caleb, talk more about Bill Monroe's old-time side. Yeah. And what you mean by that and how do you yeah how do you determine what is bluegrass and what is old time what is that divide or spectrum in your brain yeah. and often like when when i talk to people and they think about mandolin and old time music they think about folk horn string bands and because of your mandolin playing mm-hmm. and matching uh with Sammy's fiddling and i'd be curious to to hear what are your influences and how do you figure out how to play old-time mandolin and what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot in there. Um, for, uh, First, I'll go backwards because playing old-time mandolin to me where I got, the, got my influences from what... I was listening to some Bill Monroe and listening to some bluegrass music, but I was playing the fiddle, learning old-time fiddle, yeah. and listening to more old-time music than I was bluegrass at the time, but really interested in bluegrass because mandolin's a bluegrass instrument, quote-unquote, yeah. right? So Fair. that's what I was you know, seeing from the outside. But um, two people, Bill Monroe and this fellow in town, Greg Clark, really influenced my playing early on. And Greg is a bluegrass mandolin player, but also an old-time fiddler and an old-time banjo player. Um, so in the rhythms that here he's using in his picking, in his shuffle, were the things that were interesting me and I would hear that a lot about Bill Monroe's playing as you read about it playing and I would then I'd listen to it and be like oh yeah he's got these interesting little shuffles in his pick that he would talk about he learned from Uncle Penn, his uncle, his old time fiddling uncle. Huh. So you can kind of hear all that and I, and I kind of intellectualize all that but it wasn't until I was really playing with a banjo player named Taylor Grover in the Foghorn String Band and before that in a band called Pig Iron, local band that it really made sense to me. What I was trying to do on the mandolin was that rhythm of the banjo. Boom, a boom, a boom, a boom, a. So that's in my playing deep. And I started using that rhythm from the old-time family that I was hanging out playing music with and applying that to a fiddle tune as I would learn a fiddle tune. And it was amazing how quickly I could pick up the bowing structure. Yeah. I, I guess, Again, I said I was also playing some fiddle, so I was sort of putting all these things together and getting... Instead of getting like real clean, sure, I would go.
3: So,
1: I'm just noodling right now, but that little shuffle in there yeah. changes it. And I and so I've I can go real deep in this conversation because I've been given lots of lessons lately. Yeah, and talking about it a lot, thinking about it, thinking you know, about it, and so
0: you can dissecting it, it more. People. So
1: the short story is there is banjo and fiddling really influenced my mandolin playing. Yeah. I don't play banjo but it was being around it and hearing it and then when Taylor in Foghorn switched from Clawhammer to three finger banjo yeah. it really left open that hole for boom ticka boom ticka boom ticka yeah, for me to get more on that in the mandolin so I'll play right that kind of shuffle thing that's yeah. going on now you You'll hear that a lot in my playing. So and then and then as I started playing that more to answer the first party question, I go back and I listen to Bill Monroe even more intently, and he's doing that all over the place. He's doing yeah. all these things that fiddle players do. Yeah. And you'll hear Bill end lines, that little dung a dung at the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so that little shuffle thing right there at the very end is something that you'll hear a fiddle do. Piddles play these things and they have these two upstrokes at the end of a lot of phrases.
0: Yeah, sure. Right? So sort of yeah. notice
1: that sometimes. Yeah. Ding, digga, ding, digga, ding, 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 Yeah. That little upstroke thing. So I started hearing that in Bill's playing and I was like. And, and then I, I started playing chord structures in this voicing, that's an A chord, instead of this.
0: Oh. So yeah, that's the one that I see everyone using. I started them.
1: playing. Yeah. Oh, again, cool. Again, shuffle. And then one day I saw a video of Bill Monroe playing with Doc Watson, just the two of them.
2: Yeah.
1: Really kind of cool old-time tunes and stuff. And I saw I saw Bill actually playing that way. And I was like, yes, it just reinforced everything I'd already been doing. Like, yeah, you can play it that way. You can get that feel and that shuffle and that huh. kind of dance beat without just doing the chop.
0: Yeah, okay? interesting.
1: I, I get the rolls. I, like, I still use all of it. I get all that, sure. all that stuff, but think that kind <laughs> yeah, of answers that question. Uh,
0: w- so this shape that you're using, it's like the chord is exploded out. So it's like a, a fifth on the bottom and then I guess up that to would a, be
1: That would be the chop chord.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean this Bill Monroe one, like the, the intervals are bigger.
1: Yeah, this has actually got a root on the bottom. Right. Yeah. And a root on
0: top. What, so what is I it about that voicing that lends itself to... the the rhythm that you're talking about
1: I think because I've got this root in the bass yeah I make that strum yeah it's got kind of it's a little bit more like a guitar chord sure but I still do it sometimes up here yeah so it's just something that I just have stumbled into and liked I knew it was different than bluegrass so I sort of just dove into it a little bit more and tried to figure out how it worked um I'm also ready for tunes in A shape. Like yeah, my fingering is ready to go right there. I sort of liked that. And I don't know. It's just something that I kind of stumbled into and 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 liked and started using it more. I love that that's
0: an old time idiom that you were able to tie back to Bill Monroe, as as opposed to playing mandolin in a bluegrass way, even though it's. Bill Monroe is playing. Right. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I love that.
1: Just, I think, the idea, especially that it didn't have to always be this. Yeah. Always seems like that's the bluegrass way to play. Yeah.
0: This is, for people who've seen Mandolin Shapes, that's the one where the pinky's all stretched out.
1: Yeah, the hard one. Yeah, the chop chord. Yeah, the hard one. Everything's... (laughs) Yeah, and then this one's almost more of a bar chord. Yeah. With a...
0: It's almost that like shallow voicing or mm-hmm. something. Uh, cool. It's it's a lot s- sweeter.
1: It's sweeter, yeah. It's a little yeah. warm, I- more warm as well. Yeah. So yeah, and I and I'll do funny things where I like as the fiddle tune's going high, I might focus on the low part of the fr- of the voicing and not not hit the high part. Yeah. And as the fiddle tune goes low, I might share of this, but I found that this really helps me get the dance. Dancers really like popping like that. Yeah. Well, I, I could sometimes do that in a big giant dance with tons of people on stage playing, and you just give a little more of that. And you can just tell people would kind of, it's like that little bit of like flair yeah. that added a little fire under the whole, under all the music. Get them all hopped up. And pretty neat. Pretty, it's pretty like fun. you're
0: splitting it into multiple instruments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that.
1: That's cool. Oh, what a great.
0: useful idea for all of the <laughs> old time mandolin people out there or people yeah. who want to, who are old time curious and yeah. already play bluegrass mm-hmm. mandolin and That's using great.
1: it, using it. I definitely have the shuffle. That's got kind of my main rhythm on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll stick to that. I go, I go all over Of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love this. When, when I talk to people about like, how did you like develop your sound on whatever instrument it is? Uh, People, you know, if it's like a fiddler, they're like, yeah, I actually try to steal as much as I can for the banjo or a banjo will be like, "Uh, I try to, I'm just, I don't listen to banjo players. I listen to fiddlers, you know, like that's a thing that it's like, at least in this music or this family of musics, people are often listening to everyone else. Yeah, in the string band it's yeah. like those are my influences because yeah. i need to f- i want to steal stuff from them and then like find ways to play around yeah. them and i think that's so uh cool That <laughs> yeah. i relate to that a lot as opposed to um i mean obviously you have your mandolin idols as well sure. you know sure. like yeah. guy. What was got it was greg clark greg clark yeah i almost said guy clark and i think yeah. that's like a famous actor country country singer, country singer. Yeah. okay great yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'll say one more thing about the mandolin Please. fingering too, and the old time thing is that I also recognized in Bill Monroe's playing when I started seeing videos, was fingering of using that pinky and the way your hand is held on the mandolin, yeah, and the way a fiddler again going back to learning from the fiddle because mandolin is tuned like a fiddle, how fiddle players are playing these runs and these melodies and these the way the melodies fit together, yeah, is and the fingers lay out just perfectly for it, so I started studying fiddle players and watching how how easy their hand was moving, how yeah, gently yeah. and how lightly. But they were getting so many notes, you know. And so I started noticing that I started I started playing with my pinky up on the seventh fret,
0: so that you're doubling the string higher than I getting
1: unisons, yeah, which is like, like a really important part of the sound yeah. for fiddle music.
0: And you're doing double unisons because. Right, you have double strings.
1: So then I started going back and listening and watching Bill play, and I'm like, he's totally doing that too. Yeah. He's playing fiddle tunes like a fiddler.
0: Yeah. And a
1: lot of mandolin players that I watch don't do, don't approach it that way. They don't yeah. approach it from a fiddle background at all. I'm not sure where they <clears throat> where they get it from, but I just kind of recognize it's not as much from a fiddle background. So that's kind of another thing I noticed with Bill's playing, being an old time player primarily. I remember, yeah. Maddie mentioned that too. It's like, yeah he is he played <laughs> he played old time mandolin and then he just rocketed into bluegrass and b- bluegrass became a genre and yeah. there you go. <laughs> I love how
0: much you've thought about this and how generous you're being about this this information and like excited about the those ideas and like uh completing this loop this bluegrass old time loop and this just this is what the show is for, cool. other than the tunes. This is great. Great, yeah. <laughs> perfect answers. I love talking
1: about it and sharing it. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been teaching a lot lately. So it's fun to like sure. show people all the stuff I've figured out. I'm, I'm self-taught, so um, I'm not saying I have the perfect way, but I've learned a lot of cool things yeah. and stumbled into some really awesome um, ergonomic and like flowy and, and yeah. make it easier on yourself. Kind of situations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I get and then it gets reinforced every now and then by someone that you admire. Yeah. Like your idol. Like Bill Monroe or Greg Clark, you know. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: what, what do you all want to play next? We should sing something, Reinforce before we sing, Or
2: right? yeah, I was thinking we could play another mandolin tune, but yeah, we could sing.
1: Yeah, let's let's sing.
2: Wanna do yeah. Little Annie right off the bat? Sure. And uh
1: You're in the being the key the A for that one? Yeah. Okay. So what's this song?
2: This one's called Little Annie. and We learned it from a version by the Lily Brothers.
0: The oh. Lily Brothers. Mm-hmm. I have someone familiar here. Yeah.
2: yeah, they were from West Virginia.
1: Everett and B. Lily? Uh, yep. Yeah. They had a long stint up in Boston. They lived in Boston for a long time and, and <clears throat> played a lot of music up there.
2: They got a steady gig there that they kept over the years. And I think the fact that it paid pretty well kept them off the road.
1: Yeah
2: from touring so they're not as widely known as some of the touring acts that went out but they're a great I don't know wealth of songs and tunes
1: yeah I wouldn't think of them as like a bluegrass band you know Mm -hmm. there's recordings of Lily Brothers with Don Stover who's a Mm -hmm. banjo player three finger banjo player yeah those are awesome yeah Yeah, and then like Tex Logan played with them for a little while Yeah, he was a bluegrass fiddle player played with Bill Monroe that kind of thing but also Tex Logan's a great old time fiddle player so they had a really neat thing going up in Boston for a long time and I don't know they, they, they're more on the old old school side of bluegrass yeah in general play a lot of old songs yeah and played it pretty pretty straight ahead you know
2: weren't you just saying that they they commented that Bill Monroe's playing was all fancy
1: yeah Everett Lilly the man with player <laughs> 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 ah Bill Monroe he's playing he plays that that you know sophisticated fancy stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> which Bill would have hated to hear you know yeah I, I love it <laughs> trash talking right <laughs> And, Lil, you know, Little Annie, this song, is also a Carter family.
2: Yeah. It, a lot of people have done versions of it. Yeah. So. But
0: originally from, from them, they wrote uh, it or no. transmitted? You got this from them.
2: We got it from them.
0: Yeah. That's the of, version
2: we
1: reference the most, but yeah.
0: Do we know who wrote it?
1: Well, the Carter family collected it and played it. Right. And we don't really know where right. any of that stuff came from, whether they yeah. wrote it or where they got it from, but... Cool. So I would say Carter Family song, and the Willie Brothers did it. Yeah. And then this is sort of our take on their on their version. Right. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait.
0: cheery yeah
1: yeah yeah <clears throat> happy <laughs> yeah there's uh so many dark old songs that it's nice to have a few light ones in there you know
2: <laughs> yeah gotta grab them while you can find them <laughs> <laughs>
1: you need a need a breath
0: <laughs> uh yeah when did you start singing old country music Reeb?
2: hmm well
0: when um, and why? Yeah, I think why is equally important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
2: I guess <clears throat> I was very shy as a child and a young adult, and so I didn't really sing out in public or where anybody could hear me. Because <laughs> are you
0: shy in general or specifically about singing? I
2: think I was shy in general, still am, but I also something about singing was really hard. Like I, I knew I could sing wanted to sing but it was like when whenever it would come up i would be like petrified to sing
0: so i and could could it be because of our like culture's like toxic associations with like singing and it being like part of like your deepest self (laughs) and as opposed to thinking of it as an instrument and things like that maybe
2: yeah i don't know i mean i grew up going to church so i sang in church but that was amidst other people voices mm-hmm. so I probably didn't think about it as much then.
1: You didn't want to be on the spot maybe? That's
2: probably more what it was but um, I grew up hearing my dad and uncles sing a lot of old country songs what
0: is it? Yeah, like
2: so they. What
0: context did they sing those together?
2: I mean it would be like at family gatherings and you know, anytime we were all together which would happen a few times a year yeah. once at Christmas Eve, we always had a Christmas Eve party and And a family reunion in the summer, things like that. So,
0: I I I want to zero in on this because I think that a lot of people are starved for music culture within families and communities. Uh And I'm curious, like, what what did this look like did were they like okay we're going to sing now or were people like sing that song we like and they're like oh don't make me sing <laughs> or like what was the dynamic there i who think was
2: no i think they, them? yeah i think they wanted to but then also the family members who didn't sing or play music were dying to hear it you know everybody
1: yeah. seems well, it had, they love band too before you were born right um kind
2: yeah like, and probably when i was very young yeah i mean they so it was a thing like i have a ball. I have an old fiddle and a banjo that came from my great-uncles. And um, I grew up on a farm in central Washington, and my great-uncles' and grandfather's farm was just down the road from there. So we lived on my grandmother's farm. My grandpa's farm was nearby. And the fiddle and banjo came from that house. And Dad says that they didn't really play when he was young, so he doesn't know what kind of music they played, but I can only guess fiddle and banjo. It must have been something in the old time right. realm so or bluegrass maybe but but so th- th- my great uncle gave my uncle david a baritone ukulele oh
3: cool great. and
2: he and my uncle kenny learned how to play it they kind of taught themselves how to play it and then they moved on to guitar from there and then the younger brothers inherited the baritone uke and they all taught each other and learned yeah. by ear so um And then they just sang old songs that they would hear on the radio or they were in, you know, would get vinyls and learn songs from those. And so they started learning old country songs and they formed a band when they were younger and played around the area at parties Mm. and maybe in bars. I'm not sure. But um, so that was kind of the context. They just loved to sing and they were natural harmony singers and they would just naturally do that together without... Maybe, I don't know, maybe not even being able to explain what they were doing. Not that they had to. They just sure. did it by, by figuring it out. So.
0: so you had these men in your family who used to have a band, mm-hmm. but would sing at family gatherings mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. Yeah, and they like just about. did
2: it for fun. It was like at some point the guitars would come out. Everybody would be drinking and having fun yeah. and eating, and they'd sing, start singing songs, and it, they loved it. So it would go all night, you know, Christmas Eve, Often ended at like four or five in the morning. That sounds <laughs> so great. Home and mom would have to still, um, you know, pack the stockings yeah. and all that. So. That was
0: not my Christmas Eve experience. No, no, not <laughs> at all. Yeah. Not like and
2: I that. loved it. Like as a kid, I mean, I I think I was probably dying to sing along with them, but was too shy. And but yeah. I lo- I soaked it up. I would just sit there and listen, and I loved it.
0: And, and then, then, then singing in church was that a similarly pleasurable experience for you as a kid, or is it? Mm-hmm.
2: I think, I mean, I'm sure I enjoyed this. Sometimes it can be. Right. I I think I enjoyed the singing part. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was quite as inspiring in the same way because I just loved that they wanted to sit around and sing. It was like this social setting where music was a part of it. So I think that planted a seed early on in me of like sitting around playing music was like this beautiful way to commune together and visit and then have music be a part of it and people would even dance a little bit maybe my aunts would dance or something and then um so when i got older and i moved to bellingham to go finish my college career um i already played a little bit of guitar i knew a few chords you know i've been asking my dad how do you play a g chord or whatever and i'd learn enough chords to like back myself up singing a song Quietly by myself. And then when I got to Bellingham, I met these friends who played old time music. And so they were like, Oh, you should play with us. And I was like, okay, what do I do? You know, and they showed me like how to play boom chuck and how to back up the fiddle tunes. And they showed me where to change chords. And then, you know, quickly I learned to hear how to change where to change chords and started playing old-time music with them. So and then I was, I mean, I think that early seed of Playing music together in a social setting was just, it was like, oh, this is it. Like, right. this is another so way to do for. that. Yeah, that's so fun. And yeah, I just couldn't believe it. My luck stumbling upon a group of people that like to hang out and cook and play music and visit and laugh. And it was just the did best. Do you think thing. that
0: was just an eccentricity of your family? Uh, or <laughs> well, I did
2: feel like it was rare. I don't know if I knew enough then to know how rare it was, but. I I think, you know, my grandpa was a square dance caller. And so mm. I think in his generation, it was way more common to gather and square dance and play music. But I don't think that was really a part of my generation so much. So it did feel lucky that I grew up hearing music that way.
0: And it sounds like the music was like, like really good. I and think it was. I think there's like, something about hearing really good music in a setting that is not hierarchical. Yeah. Like it's like, I I just hear this in, in my house.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Like people don't get to have that. And they're like, Oh, this is like good music. It must, it should be like on a s- separate, there should be like separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Uh, it took me a really long time to start finding really good music where I got to like, smell someone's breath <laughs> as they were singing you know <laughs> mm-hmm. not uh-huh. that that was my goal but like you know that kind of intimacy being that intimate with it, yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i like the hierarchy of being on stage and like right. they're a rock star and i'm just yeah. a.
0: they're gonna go back to the green room <laughs> mm-hmm. afterwards
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah
0: how yeah how special mm-hmm. that you got that in a family setting
2: yeah they all have really good ears so i think it was good music and um to credit my mom too. I mean, she had me in piano lessons from fifth grade on, so I did get some musical background that way too. Yeah. And then singing in church certainly must have informed harmony singing for me. In addition to my dad and brothers.
0: Did your church do harmony singing?
2: I think did you people read did. From the, yeah, the we hymnal, we sang parts? hymns. Yeah, I don't know if people. Yeah, I wonder if they were reading the harmonies yeah. or just doing them. But there was, yeah. Do you still
0: sing hymns?
2: Yeah, a few. we work
0: them into. Yeah. A few
3: sets.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how I came into it and yeah. into singing. And then, you know, when I was living in Bellingham, I just slowly started to get over my fear of singing in front of people, which what all started with uh, my roommate making me sign up for an open mic <laughs> at Stewart's Coffee House in Bellingham, which was an institution of Bellingham. Everybody.
0: Everyone
2: went, went to the open mic. Well, to Stewart's. It was yeah. just this community space where people would go to yeah. have a coffee or visit with someone or meet up. And,
0: and you were coerced into doing this. Yeah.
2: The open mic happened, I think, every once a month or maybe it was once a week. But Devin Champlin was the MC, I think, all the time for that. I don't know. I'd have to check with Devin. But So I met him the same day that I went and sang at that open mic. And Kevin I was wasn't so, your
1: roommate then? He wasn't the one who called no, you. No, okay.
2: no, no, it was another friend, but um, yeah, I think I got like stopped at a bar with my roommate. We got a shot of whiskey before, like, I was like worked up
1: about singing this yeah. open well, mic. That's the, the Wilms way, though. Your dad your dad has a couple of shots of whiskey and he's ready to go sing it. Yeah, you can sing yeah. higher, yeah, so you can sing higher, <laughs> and that's a
0: I was wondering if that's a thing that other people experience too. Like if I drink like wine or beer, I feel like garbage and I can't like sing and I have no energy. Mm -hmm. But if I have a shot of whiskey
3: before performance,
0: I'm like, woo! I'm like ready to go. And I feel like I can sing like a few
1: whole steps higher. That's what her dad says. That's what
2: my dad says.
1: I don't have that. that that. No, it works the opposite way for Caleb. Yeah. But
2: it was instrumental being there that day. Like, I don't know how my performance sounded. I felt like my voice was shaking, my hand was shaking, I could barely play and sing. But but I met Devin that day. And then through him met other friends Mm. that played um, old time music or country music. And it just like, it all gelled then, like the community. Then I was part of the community. And I just started playing all the time and gradually getting over my fear of singing in public spaces. And Still, still working on it, but it's getting better all the time. So for anyone out there that's yeah. scared to sing, just just do it. And it'll start to get easier.
0: Do you remember what you sang at that open? I mic?
2: think I sang like a Gillian Welch song maybe great. or something. Maybe like Elvis Presley blues or something. <laughs> I don't know. That would be great. I think I did yeah. three songs. I don't remember what they were. But <laughs>
0: well, it's helpful if you like get a song that is like breathtakingly beautiful already. And then you can, or or like the lyrics are so specific, you know, you, you can kind of, like, lean on that. Because there's some yeah. songs where it's, like, you know, it can be a great song or whatever, but it's about showcasing you. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I've used that before. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, pick something where it's about the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then... Totally. Which I feel like is kind of an old-time musician, maybe, strategy for Nerves anyway. It's like, it's, it's about...
2: It's about the, f- the tradition, not yeah. about me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah.
1: I find that to be very true. <clears throat> yeah. I started playing old time music because before I played old time music, I was a songwriter and singer and songwriter, but, and I always struggled with that sort of like, this is my song, I wrote it, and what's about, like uh, you know, on stage, kind of being nervous, but getting into old time music, being like, this is everyone's song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can all, I love that. I can just be a vehicle to help sing it or help make it happen. Mm hmm. That's just, why,
0: like after like old time musicians like play a tune, they'll be like, "Oh, I love that tune," but like you don't hear that in other, yeah, you know, in other kinds of performance. Someone saying, "I loved doing that," you know, right, 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 <laughs> because right. it would seem self serving, but yeah, it's not right when we're when we're playing old time music. Because it's like, yeah, I wanted the experience of playing and hearing that tune, yeah, because it, it is good,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah,
1: and I think the group the group sound too that you create yeah. with mm-hmm. everybody else is what is also great. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about the individual so much. It's about the, some of the parts. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then maybe like some like diva energy can come out of that or sneak its way around. if Charity. It needs to. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that starting point. And I love the idea that like, uh, there's just so many like, kind of like weirdos and nerds and like, uh, introverts who are like rock stars in the old time community, and yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's because <it's laughs> yep. they started with invoking something like kind of bigger. You know?
3: Yeah.
0: All right, enough. Uh, let, let's play another <laughs> tune. <That's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or or a song. Uh, do you have another song, or do you want to save it for later? Or well, we've just been talking about a bunch of singing. So that's true.
2: That can...
1: lonesome song, or do you want to sing something else? You'd like let's to sing? Let's do that. You could do yeah. a
2: whispering forest. Either one, yeah. Um, we could do Whispering Forest. Yeah. yeah. This one um, we learned from a recording of the Pine Ridge Boys and Patsy. We were just out in Virginia a couple of weeks ago with Foghorn on a tour, and we
1: and North Carolina too. Yeah.
2: We spent a weekend in the <clears throat> in Floyd teaching and performing, yeah. and it was so fun. and And Patsy East lives there, and we almost got to meet her, but she she was pretty shy; didn't want to come out. But um, that would have been cool to meet her. We'll have to make sure, make a point of it next time.
1: This song is a really pretty song that, they didn't write it, but Scotty and Patsy, who were in that band, were married and just sang beautifully together. Really, really powerful stuff. And I remember getting handed a cassette tape of their recording, and and when that song came on, it was just like, wow, wow. I hung on to that song for a little while and couldn't, tried to sing it, tried to play it, tried to get it going, and... Couldn't really make much of it until I met Reeb, and then it made sense that she could sing it and I could sing it with her. Yeah, and that's how it—that's how it is now. And but uh, really special song.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the song was written by Mary John Wilkins. Okay. For anyone that wants to know, it's um, she was from Nashville. I think she was a Nashville songwriter. It's in B flat. Okay.
1: Are we ready? Yeah story about this song which we can share and we can have it, in it or not but yeah um, like, like as a 16 year old or 15 year old on, on Orcas Island where I grew up oh I didn't know you grew up there yeah wonderful that's, that was where my childhood was and I had one of those uh, I must have been I must have been 16 because I got myself there so I must have driven a car
0: yeah
1: but I got to a kind of remote part of the island that I'd never really been to and I decided just to go on a big hike I just needed to be alone and
0: as, as one does yeah. when you're 16. Yeah. <laughs> and I was lucky enough
1: to be an Orcas and I could find a beautiful place. Yeah. So I found a, uh, I'd heard about a trail. They walked up this ridge line on a mountain that was right over the water. So I, I hiked up this trail and it took me all day and I went up across, you know, the ridge line, and at one point I crossed a, a medicine wheel that I found, you know, out in the forest, like an old medicine wheel.
0: I don't know what a medicine wheel is. It would be a
1: native American, um, sacred site where they would have done i think rituals or dances yeah for, for and it's just but there. It would be made of stones it's made of stones huh and it's like placed in a giant circle yeah and it's, i think it's a space where ceremonies would have happened yeah but it, you know it was, it was old and it was there and it was sort of grown over a little bit but i kind of found that so it's just kind of those things where you're like stuff's happened here yeah you know lots has happened here yeah and just you already know that, but that's a young boy. You know, you're not thinking about that too much. And then I carried on up the mountain further and got to this beautiful like cliff overlooking the water, and the trees were growing right up to the edge of the cliff. So you're kind of in the forest, but you're on a cliff. Yeah. And it's just like this epic view. And after a while, I heard this like just these crazy sounds of like like a kite or a and I just was like, what is going on? You know, almost like like I was. Tripping or something, but I was not. I was just on a hike, you know. I'd been out really (laughs) exerting myself. You sure? And I I finally like realized this eagle was soaring and then diving the cliff. Oh my god! And I was hearing its feathers go by.
0: Yeah.
1: (sighs) Like its feathers in the wind, and it would soar back up, and it would just it was just playing around and just diving. Yeah. And I like stood there for an hour watching this bird and listening to it, and just like looking over the water and looking at these beautiful views and. Thinking about a lot of things. Yeah. Spirituality, probably, and just who you are and what's going on in yeah. the world. And then 10 years later, this song enters my life.
0: You're like, I know what this is about.
1: And you'll hear <laughs> the lyrics, and you're like, okay. So it's always been kind of a special song for me that way. Just, wow, I, yeah. I had that story. I had that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was written down by somebody else really far away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Really specifically. I mean, that happens in lots of songs, but this one was, like, seemed more specific. Mm -hmm. Intense
0: intro. Yeah, 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 I I can't wait. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. death <laughs> you know it's so big and i love that like i love that it's nature which is like the obvious place for that to happen and then i love that the second verse takes it to the city and it also gets
2: mortality or yeah, yeah
0: it gets dark it's like mm-hmm. where are love and hate are real yeah. yeah and i love that the the like oneness includes the the negative uh i think that's such an insightful lyric what yeah. a smart song what a great song! What an what emotionally make? brilliant song mm-hmm. Ugh. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know how i'm supposed to interview you after
3: that
1: you're doing great <laughs> yeah
0: let's play a light tune yeah that, that sounds great i'll somehow manage that uh, yeah what, what do you all want to do next and then we can talk about where people go to hire you and buy your stuff and yeah. whatever you're working on and keep up that's news. But, yeah. but
1: first, tune time. Tune mm-hmm. Let's play a G tune. Mm-hmm. Should we do Greg's tune or, or mine? It's Greg's tune maybe, huh? Uh, I
2: don't know, whatever you're feeling, Kayla. What's the choice?
1: Putting up the wood or Kaylee's reel.
2: Ooh. Mm. I don't
1: know. Just not fiddle for a different color. Yeah, but, you, should
2: um, do fiddle. you should do a fiddle tune.
0: Yeah, which one do we uh, settle on? Putting up the wood. An evocative title.
2: Yeah, very.
0: <laughs> Whose tune is this? Yours or Frank's? This is mine. This is yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> and it
2: really was about chopping wood. Cool. Stack, but, stacking wood. Stacking wood.
0: Putting yeah.
1: up, put up the cords for the for the winter. Yeah. For the firewood, you know. Great. Okay. And I came inside, I grabbed a beer and a fiddle, and this literally put came out. The wood. Okay. I was like, all right. Sorry for being childish
3: <laughs>
1: no, I mean, no, Every time he says one. the title
3: yeah. I'm like
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> great, there we I can't
1: wait That's like um, What's that joke Is it a Is it a f- fiddle tune A cocktail Or a Sex position <laughs> Sex position <laughs> Hard to tell with This one okay. Yeah Cool All right. we Go for it mm-hmm. Alright <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work you get down and you just come in and like that tune just rolled out of the fiddle literally and I was like yeah. that's what it's called that's, <laughs> you
2: know? I think we should make up a cocktail recipe
0: that the
1: way.
2: goes by that go. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so on
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god uh, what a cool <laughs> tune I love original fiddle tunes written in idiom because it's still like Oh, that's a new shape. Like I haven't done that before, but it still feels old time. Yeah, that is a, like an exciting feeling to yeah. be like, oh, I haven't put that shape in that particular order at that spot in a in a phrase. Oh totally, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I felt too. But it sounds like it's old too. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it's got pieces of everything that I've yeah. heard. I mean, I, yeah, it's just yeah. that's kind of how I play fiddle. Is like when I'm noodling and when working on stuff or practicing, I'm like. Mixing up tunes, I forget which one they which ones they are. But, yep. So then it's like, yeah, it's parts of other things, but then it's new somehow. And just yeah. that one just came out lucky that way. Like, oh, I think it's done. I think Fully it's, formed. Like, it's a tune, you yeah. know. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't uh, worry about its longevity. If it's if it's a good tune, it'll last. If it's not, who cares? <laughs> it's fun to play. Yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> so that's like, kind of how I approach it.
0: So. okay so we have time for one more before we do that where do people go to stay to keep in touch keep up to date with new stuff that you're doing
2: i mean the best place is probably to go to our website and sign up for our mailing list we send out a few newsletters each year with our tour dates and all that
1: we won't bug you too much just information
2: go to calebclowder.com or ReebWilms.com. they go to the same spot oh great you can also (laughs) follow us on instagram at Reeb wilms or at Caleb Clouder, yep. and the Foghorn is another place to follow us. Um, also, Foghorn has an Instagram and a TikTok, and oh, uh, maybe I a run Twitter. Into yet, I don't know. On TikTok, yeah, <laughs>
1: I'll think check that out. I think it's pretty new. Pretty so <laughs> new in, yeah. we're pretty um, uh, slow on it. I think.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> what else is that? Did I cover it? We're on Facebook too, Facebook, of course. Yeah. Bandcamp.
0: I'll link all of that. All the stuff in the in the show notes cool and uh, is there yeah. a preferred way for people to listen to your music
2: mm.
0: i always like to ask this Come to complicated
2: question great yeah. <laughs> uh, but if, shows. Yeah, yeah but for
0: recorded music how yeah. you know you can, like a specific place to buy the music that you prefer
2: buying it from our website will give us the most money great if you want to support us directly like that yep. um, wouldn't that
0: be nice yeah,
1: yes. yeah. Yep.
2: Bandcamp is pretty great too and then it diminishes from there.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> as far as
2: how much of the money yeah, we get. we pretty much here.
1: Yeah, anywhere else, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah we're it's on Come to a
0: live market. show and yeah. then band camp and then whatever you got to do. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> right.
2: okay. We have digital and physical copies of our albums available yeah. on the Foghorn website and our Caleb and Reeb website. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks for hanging out with me. This is so lovely. You're Thanks welcome. for
1: inviting us. Great to meet what you. What a pleasure. Yeah. Great to play. Same. Yeah. Great banjo playing. I really like it. Yeah. You're, you're so quick at it. I mean, at, at tunes you haven't heard. Like just yeah. right on. Yeah. Thank Generating. you so
0: much. It's yeah. Uh, I've 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 worked hard to make this show listenable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is one of the skills. What should we? Okay. Old time
1: music too. Like just picking up tunes on the fly is like is a is a real part of the art of it. It's my favorite
0: game. Yeah, even it's more than game. getting a tune to sound good, it's right. getting to be able to participate it, uh-huh. in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's wonderful. It's something that I've always like worked hard at too. It's like, yeah. how quick can I get in there and get get it? Yeah. You know, learn it and play it's it, mm-hmm. or add something good to it. Yeah. How quickly you, you were gonna say?
0: Oh, uh, what do you want to play for our last hmm. one?
2: You Want to do Lonesome Song, or do you want to do your? Either one. Do you want to do
1: Greg's yeah.
0: tune? Or? And we'll also have a, a bonus track. So whatever, just Doesn't one will picked. be heard by more people.
1: Yeah, let's do yeah. Lonesome Song in A. Okay. Another one for the, for the Carter family. Oh,
0: this is, uh, we sound checked on this one. Very yeah. good. <clears throat> I think I'm ready. I think I remember it. Yeah. It skips the beat on the way out yes. on the turn, like when it goes back to the start. Or yes, something. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also
1: kind of after the vocals are done, it just jumps right into it. Yeah, great. Um, "Lonesome Song" from the Carter Family.
3: you this lonesome song this
0: Go to calebclowder.com or reebwilms.com to sign up for their mailing list, buy their albums, and check out their tour dates. They have a really busy summer. They're probably coming your way. Do the same for Foghorn String Band at foghornstringband.com and follow Caleb, Reeb, and Foghorn on social media. That's all linked in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again to Earful of Fiddle Music and Dance Camp for sponsoring this episode. Sign up for their camp this June in Michigan at earfuloffiddle.com. I hope to see you there. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawheimer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.